Well, good morning. morning. It's so great to be with you today on this Memorial Weekend, the start, the official start of summer. Summer. Yeah, summer. Well, you know, today is a day that we are really grateful, and we've got a number of special things uh, in our service today, but I just want to start out by asking you to join me. Would you just thank those that have served our country? Would you do that? We have one special guest with us today, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass him and ask him to stand, but uh, Harv Rutherford. Harv, would you just stand? Would you do that? Harv just turned 90. He's the best looking 90 year old man you're ever going to see. <laughs> Harv served 21 years in the military. <clears throat> now, if you clap after everything I say, it's going to be a long service. So. Let me, let me get through this. Harv, <clears throat> despite rumors, did not serve in the Civil War. But he did serve in the Korean War and the Vietnam War. Not very many veterans have served in two wars. While he was in Vietnam, and he served from 51 to 72, I want to I wanna first just highlight in the, the Vietnam War, he was a mid-air fuel transfer boom operator, and he flew 235 missions, and he was the in-air gas station uh, for the fighter planes. They would be fully armored on the ground, but it would be too heavy if they put fuel in them. So he was in charge of fueling those in the air. And, uh, but in Korea... He served as an aerial gunner, and in Korea, he flew 50 missions. He was on 50 missions as the gunner. And I said, Harv, I said, let me ask you a question. Of those 50 missions, did you keep track of how many times you came under fire in those combat missions? And without, without a second going by, he said 50. Every time they went on a mission... They came under fire. And Harv, I know that, that we're grateful, and I know that your family is grateful that you are alive and well, and that you made it through those 50. And we have uh, just a little bit of a, uh, something to say thank you, just some red, white, and blue carnations, just as our way of saying thank you for your service. We love you. Would you just thank Harv? Show him some appreciation. <clears throat> Now, we know that Memorial Day is a day when we remember those not only who served, but those who did not return home. And we're so thankful for those that, that did return home, but about a million and a half in the history of our nation did not return home. And I don't know if you saw it when you walked in, you can check it out uh, as you leave today, but... There is a table in, out in the hub that is referred to as the missing man table. We'd like to tell you just a little bit about it, and we'd like to do it in the words of our own 
Bill Hager. The Missing Man Ceremony was written by somebody who has become anom anonymous over the years, and it was written specifically for POWs. It has since been used by all the branches of the military to remember those who were killed, missing in action, or didn't return as POWs. The table. The table is reserved to honor our missing comrades. The table set for one symbolizes the frailty of one isolated military member who has not returned. It is also round to represent everlasting concern on the part of the survivors for their missing loved ones. Remember. The tablecloth. The tablecloth is white, symbolizing the purity of their motives when answering the call to duty. We remember. The single rose in the vase signifies the blood that many have shed and reminds us of the family and the friend of our missing comrades who keep the faith while waiting their return. We remember. The lemon. A slice of lemon on the plate is to remind us of the bitter fate of those captured and missing. We remember. The salt. The salt represents the tears endured by those missing and their families who seek answers. Remember. The Bible. The Bible represents the strength gained through faith to sustain those lost from our country founded as one nation under God. We remember. The napkin. The black napkin stands for the emptiness left in the hearts of their family and friends. We remember. The candle and the yellow ribbon. The candle and the yellow ribbon reminiscent of the light of hope which lives in our hearts to illuminate their way home to the open arms of a grateful nation. We remember the glass. The inverted glass represents the fact that the missing and the fallen cannot partake. Remember the chair. The chair is empty. We only ask that you remember. And when we meet on this Memorial Day with our families for a barbecue or a picnic or to celebrate this holiday, we ask that you remember Memorial Day is to remember. I'd like to thank Bill, who literally just got off the plane from <clears throat> a trip on the honor flight to D.C. And I'd also like to thank the other members of the 
veteran support group that meets here on Monday night that came up with the idea for using the missing man ceremony. I appreciate it very much. On this Memorial Day, I think that we need to approach it from a standpoint of being thankful. We have so much to be thankful for. And so let's talk about five things on this Memorial Day weekend that we can be thankful for. The first one is this. We can be thankful that they will not be forgotten. Initially, Memorial Day was called Decoration Day, dating back to 1868, where family would gather together and they would decorate the graves of the Civil War dead. If you notice, the American Legion, they sell poppies. And you, know, you wonder, what, what is it about the poppies? What is it referring to? And it refers to a poem written in 1915 called In Flanders Fields. And the poem and the poppies are a way for us to remember. When we lose a loved one, we want to remember. I remember back a very tragic event that happened in the life of this church back in June of 2003, where a precious 16-year-old girl was killed in a car accident. A few weeks ago, I ran into her father. It was the first time that I had spoken with him since the funeral. We talked of his precious little girl, who now would be 35 years old of my voice. How can you go on with life? Don't you realize what has happened? We want our loved ones to be remembered. So this weekend, whether you attend a parade, buy a poppy, go to the cemetery to lay flowers on a grave, go to a special memorial service or Put your flag up at your home. These are all ways that we can remember the sacrifice that has been made. I want you to also remember that God remembers us. That he knows our name. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1, the second half of the verse. Isaiah says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you, speaking of the Lord. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. The Bible says that even the very numbers of our head, are, uh, the, very, the very number of our, uh, number of our hairs on our head, when you don't have hair, you can't talk about hair very well, <laughs> obviously. God knows how many hairs are on our head. That's how well he knows us. He could never forget us. That would be like asking a mother to forget her child. It cannot happen. We've been ingrained on God's heart. We've been imprinted in his mind. Before we were ever born, while we were in our mother's womb, he knit us together. He knew us and he does not forget us. God has not forgotten us. Whatever circumstance you find yourself in today, no matter how difficult, no matter how challenging, I want you to know that God has not forgotten you, that he knows you. The second thing that I think that we can be thankful for is the protection of the helpless. 
it was in Germany in 1942, was something called the final solution was arrived at. It was the extermination of all the Jews in Europe. Hitler had six million Jews killed in six different death camps. In Auschwitz alone, three million Jews were killed by the Nazis. Historians calculate that 1.2 million of them were children. They were all innocent, but children, 1.2 million. 9-11 in 2001, 19 Al-Qaeda hijacked four different planes here in the U.S. One hit the Pentagon, two hit the World Trade Center towers, and one crashed in a field in Pennsylvania. 2,000, rather, 996 were killed and over 6,000 were injured. 343 firefighters and 72 police were killed when the World Trade Centers collapsed. These were not soldiers. These were regular citizens, those who were innocent, not involved in war. But we're thankful that our military protects the lives of those that are innocent. Franklin D. Roosevelt said that those who have long enjoyed such privilege as we enjoy forget in time that men have died to win them. I'm reminded in Scripture that three months after leaving Egypt... As Moses led the people of Israel out of Egypt, in Exodus chapter 17 and verse 8, it says that the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. That attack was not to the front. That attack was to the rear. They attacked first the young, the old, and the sick. In Isaiah 52, 12, it says, For the Lord will go before you, the God of Israel will be your rear guard. God believes in protection of the innocent. James chapter 1, verse 27, James says this, That religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Friends, we must be about the protection of the innocent, the young, the old, and the unborn. The third thing that we can be thankful for is the preservation of the freedom to worship. It was Benjamin Franklin that said, Freedom is not a gift bestowed upon us by other men, but a right that belongs to us by the laws of God and nature. The Plymouth Colony was established in 1620 because they fled religious persecution. The Mayflower Pact was the first legal document of the first colony. And its purpose was undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of Christian faith. They believed that their mission in establishing a new country was so that God would be glorified. The 102 passengers sought to advance Christianity. Then we move a little further into our nation's history 1776 in the Declaration of Independence acknowledges the existence of our divine creator. The founders sought freedom. 
And in this country, this greatest country on the face of the earth, we have greater opportunity to gather and worship than anywhere else on earth. God is seeking to be worshiped. In John chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus said, God is the spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Not referring to just those who choose to do so. God is seeking. He desires to be worshiped. And true followers of God are indeed worshipers. First and foremost, we are worshipers of the King, Jesus Christ. Our worship is not dependent on our freedom, however. In the first century, Paul got approval to arrest Christians. In fact, Christianity was outlawed until 311 AD. And then Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. Friends, we are freed from sin through Christ to worship God. He refers to us as captives to Christ. Our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan or North Korea do not have the same freedoms that we enjoy. They risk torture, prison, or execution. Today, as the church of Jesus Christ that exists in America, we should be thankful for our freedom to worship Jesus freely. Amen? Amen. Amen. Fourthly, I believe that we should be thankful for those who served. In this country... We've had something called the draft. It's existed since the Revolutionary War all the way through the Vietnam War. Conscription officially ended in 1973. I don't think it would surprise anyone that following the Pearl Harbor attack by the Japanese that all recruiting records were broken. In the 12 months following the 9-11 attacks, 181,500 people enlisted for active duty and 73 enlisted in the reserves. Through our nation's history, they willingly served. In 1945, there was a 26-year-old young man who was raised Seventh-day Adventist. And the official position of the church, the Seventh-day Adventist church, was they were pacifists. And there was a law passed in 1940 that said that conscientious objectors would be allowed to serve in non-combat roles. But this didn't stop this young man, Desmond Doss, from enlisting. He enlisted as a medical, Army Medical Corps, as a medic. He suffered threats, abuse by soldiers and superiors alike. And on that day, on Hacksaw Ridge, his battalion retreated under fire, but he stayed on the ridge and he searched out soldiers that were wounded one by one. He treated them, dragged them to the edge of the ridge, and lowered them down by a rope, and each time saying, Lord, please help me get one more. Without firing a shot, 
Desmond Doss saved 75 men that day. He received the Medal of Honor, the Purple Heart, and the Bronze Star. You know, we don't probably have anyone that a movie was written about, but we have those here today that have served, faithfully served our nation. I'm just going to invite those of you that have served. Would you just stand to your feet for me? Would you do that? We're going to just pass out a carnation, and I want to explain why we want to do that. We want to simply be able to acknowledge and recognize those who have served. And this carnation, it's either red or white or blue, is simply a way to identify that you've served. So I'm going to ask you, don't give it to your kid and let him run around the church afterwards, but hold on to it because there are people that want to thank you for serving. Would you join me? Would you thank those that have served today? You may be seated. Okay, if you would make sure that anybody out in the hub as well, thank you very much. I love the words that we often hear at very solemn times, but the words are spoken on behalf of a grateful nation. And we are grateful that you have chosen to serve. We have been blessed by that service. And finally, we can be thankful and we should be thankful for those who gave their lives. A million and a half Americans have sacrificed their lives. Some were very unknown and some were very well known. Pat Tillman was a young man who was drafted in the NFL draft. He was the 226th pick in the NFL draft. He played for the Cardinals. In 2002, he turned down a contract, which in today's numbers seems very, uh, very small, but to any of us would be very large. A $3.5 million deal in order to enlist. He was part of the 2nd Ranger Battalion. He served in Iraq and Afghanistan, and he was killed in action two years later. He was awarded the Silver Star for gallantry in action. I'm reminded of the scripture from John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. I'm so thankful. And, and I'm blessed every day by the lives of those who have served and died. But today on this weekend, this memorial weekend, we must remember as followers of Christ that it was the death of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave his life for us. A million and a half soldiers have paid the ultimate price, made the ultimate sacrifice. But I want you to remember there's a difference because the Bible says that one man, Jesus, died for all. 
1.5 million died to protect our freedom. And yet we see as a nation how precariously our freedom hangs in the balance. And one man died that the entire world could be forgiven of their sin. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus gave his life that we might live. Friends, for those who are followers of Christ, we have been blessed with dual citizenship. Here in America, we, we are citizens of what I believe is the greatest country on the face of the earth. And yet, as followers of Christ, we are also citizens of heaven. We are dual. We have dual citizenship. And today, on this Memorial Day weekend, I want you to be thankful. I want you to think about it for the rest of the weekend, how thankful we should be when you see a flag in your neighborhood, when you see the flag maybe that's hanging on your house, remember, when you see the parade, remember how thankful we should be as a country. Thankful that we can still remember those who have served and died. Let's be thankful for the protection of the helpless. Thankful for the freedom to worship. Thankful for those who served and be thankful for those who ultimately gave their lives. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to remember. To remember those that have sacrificed so much. That we might enjoy the freedoms of living in this land. Father, I pray today that we would not only take time to remember, but we would take time to be thankful, to be grateful, that we would be part of that grateful nation that is spoken of on behalf of a grateful nation. Father, we are that nation. May we express our gratitude. May we express our thanksgiving to those that represent those that have served and died. They're the ones that have come home. They're the ones that are still with us. May we be grateful. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for that freedom. And more than anything else, we're so grateful for what Jesus has done for us in dying for us for our sins. Not for our our social freedoms, but for our spiritual freedom from sin and death. And Father, if there's someone here today that has never accepted the free gift of salvation that Jesus has provided through his death and resurrection, I pray that today would be the day that they would simply say, God, I, I receive that free gift of salvation from your son, Jesus. And God, I pray that it would begin a whole new life of transformation for them. Father, we're so thankful. In Jesus' name we pray.
Well, I just want to say thank you for joining us on this Memorial Day weekend. And I would just really want to encourage two things. One is hang around and fellowship. And if you see someone carrying a carnation, I want you to go up to them and say thank you for serving. Give them a hug. Make them feel really good on this special weekend. God bless you and have a wonderful day.